I know is, you mess with me, you got problems. JJ plays all over the line. He hunts you down with a predatorial mindset. That's what really separates the good from the great. Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Neil, how are you? How are you in this fine week? Doing good, Josh. Bit of a hectic week for me, but um, we're back here. Why don't you tell us about that? (laughs) Oh, well, you know, just taking advantage of the great pricing of covid right now for the great pricing of for COVID. housing yeah <laughs> thanks exactly, covid yeah. for your great pricing but yeah i moved this monday so uh, a little bit of a delay here with this podcast but here we are yeah he dragged me into helping him move and uh, it was actually really smooth it was probably the smoothest move i've ever been a part of yeah as almost as smooth as the arizona cardinals signing <laughs> what a transition jj watt <laughs> Wow, that was good. That was good. Like uh, that transition? Yeah, that was good. Why don't you tell us about what happened in the uh, world of football this week, Neil? Uh, well, you know, like what an off season it's been so far. You know, taking away all the headlines has been the talks of quarterbacks and the movement of quarterbacks. And we've already seen Carson Wentz to in- Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We've seen Jared Goff to Detroit. Yeah. We've seen Matt Stafford to L.A. Mm-hmm. Big moves being thrown around already you know there's talks about big ben leaving pittsburgh or pittsburgh not wanting him and then there's talks about them actually still wanting him you know so we're still gonna see a move with deshaun watson at some point this offseason we're just not sure when it's inevitable we're just we're waiting on it finally we're we're, we're still seeing houston completely revamp their entire team probably not by choice but jj watt a guy who has done so much for that community with all that the city of Houston has gone through, has finally decided to leave Houston, um, part ways with Houston. He signed a two-year, $28 million contract with the Arizona Cardinals this past week. Now, he was rumored for weeks on end to possibly be joining his two brothers, Derek and TJ, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, there was the rumor he was going to the Bills, too. There's rumor with the Bills. There's rumor with, uh, like, a rumor with him joining the Titans. And, you know, odds-on betting favorite was the Cleveland Browns signing him to pair up with Miles Garrett. And ultimately, what happened was the Arizona Cardinals swooped in the last moment with recruit help from notable figures in the media world. They swooped in and signed J.J. Watt to a two-year deal. It's going to pair him up with Chandler Jones to make a deadly front attack to defense this defense was was relatively good last year not great but they were good they were yeah they, they were they were held up by their 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 offense yeah buddha baker really stood out he made steps forward last year chandler jones only played five games for them last year now you know adding jj watt will only help them out i have mixed feelings about this ad because i think jj watt is very past his prime and he was very mediocre last year whether that has to do with him being just mediocre or not motivated are two different things, but it's going to be interesting to see if this move pays off for the Cardinals. 
I think J.J. Watt in the NFL right now is the personality of J.J. Watt rather than the player anymore. Like, yes, he, he was a major defensive star, and I think he's, you know, he's still a, def- a major defensive player in this league, but, uh, you know, J.J. Watt is a personality that Houston is going to miss. And, uh, you know, Arizona is going to, like, the, the way he introduced himself to Arizona, he, he posted him in an Arizona Cardinals uh, shirt saying, source me. Yeah. Like, that was the way he, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's a personality, and that's that's what... Uh, well, you think he's very, he like, now. into himself? Like, very full of himself? Very arrogant? Uh, no, I wouldn't say he's arrogant. He's not, uh, he's not like someone else we're going to talk about later on in the show. But, um, no, he's... Uh, He's, uh, he's become that person that we want to have mic'd up uh, every single week in the NFL. Yeah, I think, I think he's overrated. You know, I, I don't think that he's worth this money. And honestly, at this point of his career, I think he's money chasing. You know, he, yeah. te- he texted Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray and said, hey, you're the reason I'm coming here. I want to play with you. You're the next big thing. Let's make this happen. Is that going to happen in two years? He signed a two-year deal for $28 million. I don't think any other team was fucking close to offering him that, is, no. especially $28 million. That's a lot of money. You know what I mean? That's for, a lot of money for someone who's past their prime. For someone who had two sacks last year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to make a difference in Arizona, to be quite honest with you. I don't think this turns them into a contender. Uh, I think, you know, they they might tie a game instead of a losing a game this year. They might have turned that around. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't think this turns them into a contender by any means. You know what this does? The Cardinals finished 8-8 eight and eight last year. It, it reunites DeAndre Hopkins with J.J. Watt. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're playing with a similar style quarterback to Deshaun Watson. So it's almost the trio um, that was in Houston is now in Arizona. Do you think so, you think Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson? At this stage of his career, I don't think he is. No. But if you know if he can make a big step forward this year and and actually play what they drafted him for, they drafted him for a first. They drafted him first overall to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and him scrambling nine out of ten plays may work. It works for Patrick Mahomes, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. He can't make every throw that Patrick Mahomes makes. He needs to play with the capabilities he has to play. You know, he needs to make smart decisions. He needs to stop trying to force feed DeAndre Hopkins every single pass. I think, like, if we see, you know, Christian Kirk make some big steps forward this year, if we see Isabella actually get some play this year, that that offense might be good. But, you know, this J.J. Watt signing should play off for them if he can play to his capabilities. Yeah, and I, and I mean, like DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best quarterback, quarterback, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, but he, yeah, he, he and Devontae Adams are one A, one B. Yeah, say. he can't, but he can't make every play. You know what I mean? Like there, there needs to be. They're gonna just keep doubling up DeAndre. They're gonna like you need to have some sort of somewhere else to go on the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I think you know, like although I don't agree with the money, I think this signing will help them will help take some of that pressure off the offense. Yeah. You know, the signing of J.J. Watt will help alleviate some of that pressure. So, you know, like the Cardinals were very used to playing from behind this year, very used to having to make stupid decisions and airing the ball out. Yeah. Perhaps this signing will 
bolster that defense to a point where they can actually play their game they won't have to play from behind yeah they can actually come out and start a game the way they want yeah no and um you know going back to what i was saying before jj watt being a personality i think he's a leader and i think you know that's that's a part of the reason he got this this amount of money is because you know you put him in a locker room and he's He's gonna he's gonna bring a, a positive presence to your team, and he's gonna help the winning mentality. So uh, yeah, no. Even though we, we talk about how he's past his prime, I think uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna definitely make an impact in that locker room for sure. Yeah, I think you know with everything he's done in the community for Houston, you know, like having that guy on your team, that sort of presence, that person in the locker room, you know, almost the face of the franchise type person. Um, he's he's only going to help that team mature and move forward. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. However, you know, this, again, this does not make the Car- Cardinals a contender by any means. Um, this isn't like a, a big trade that's going to, or a big signing that's going to, you know, impact the results of next season. Um, I think there's a lot more trades and signings that are going to yeah. happen this offseason. Do you think they finish better than 8-8? Eight and eight? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 9-7. Uh, and seven. You one game better. So one game better. That's what six or fourteen million dollars a year buys you is one game. Yeah, one, yeah. One more win. I think. I, I mean, we'll have this conversation at the end of next season. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think it's gonna it's gonna make the team that much better. Alrighty. So this past week we got some unfortunate news from our uh, Toronto Raptors, who are unfortunately not playing in Toronto. They're the Tampa Bay Raptors right now. But um, they they had they finally had COVID catch up to them, so there were some protocols that kept some players out. They ended up uh, having to cancel their game or not cancel but postpone it this Sunday because they didn't have enough players. I really thought going going into the season and even as the season was progressing that you know I'm I'm really happy about my Raptors. I'm really happy that they're taking this seriously. They're they're you know they're following all the protocols. They're, they're not having any games postponed because no one's having to sit out with COVID protocols. And I'm not, you know, we're not getting that sort of information, you know, from the league or, or from media outlets that, you know, this was necessarily their fault that they have to sit out. Like maybe it's contact tracing, maybe someone they were around, maybe it was a, a trainer, maybe it was a, a barber, which we've seen. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's possible that this this wasn't them not being careful um it's possible that this was just you know by chance but um yeah no their game was postponed on sunday they their game ye- yesterday on tuesday was postponed they're playing tonight however they have a significant amount of their players sitting out tonight yeah they do all of which are on my fantasy team so that's just great news <laughs> all around that's just great news all around now, the, yeah, this team hasn't played a game since Friday when they, they beat the Houston Rockets, uh, the, a game that they were led by an assistant coach, yeah, Sergio Scariolo. Yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry had a triple-double in that game. Mm-hmm. They've been through the amount of adversity this team has gone through this season is, is remarkable. They, they're not, they haven't played at home in two, almost two full seasons, right? So they yeah. – they True. ended last season in the bubble. They started the season in Tampa, and they have not come home. They had a rough so. bubble. They they had a rough start of the season. They they need to figure out how to play without their fans. And their fans, it's it's almost like another member of the team is mm-hmm. having that fan base behind them and being able to you know cheer on that team, and that's what gives this team life. I think. Now, 
you know, like a lot of teams are playing with with minimal to to no fans in the stands, but I'm talking about adversity with the players. So like the players, a lot of these players have homes in Toronto, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they're not even allowed to come home. They even have to have a second home, you know, in Florida and either leave their family in Toronto or relocate their family mm-hmm. to the States. And because of COVID, that's a whole another layer of steps you got to take and, exactly. and time you got to take off. And, and now having to deal with all of this, having to basically live through FaceTime or live through telephones, they're having to play together in a world that's, you know, faced with so much uncertainty. They're finally going through something where, you know, they, they've been so careful for so long. They're finally hitting this that other team, teams have faced throughout the season. Yeah, they were one of four teams that hadn't had any games postponed or hadn't had any you know yeah. players have to sit out because of COVID protocol. And yeah, now it's just a sign of the times where they're, they're not playing at home. Um, this is just, an, yeah, like you said, this is another hill they have to climb. And, you know, I, it feels like just as they were getting going, just as they were they were having some things go their way, now they have to deal with this. So it's it, it's crazy that um, this is just another thing they have to get over. But um, I, I think our Raptors are resilient, and I think they're going to come out uh, stronger. Yeah, you know, the, like they, they're sitting right now at 17 wins, 17 losses. They're, they're, they're playing 500 ball. After that horrible start that they had to the season, yeah, where I think they were like two and eight, two and nine, or something like that, and you know, like we we've seen so many marquee players have COVID and be out for one to two weeks this year. Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, like just to name a few. Now we're seeing Pascal. We we first heard that Pascal would be sitting out a few games, um, up and up until through or even through the All Star break. break. Yeah, they're they're facing their own. Uh, obstacle to, to get past this that's this week as that's well. just him protesting the fact that he wasn't chosen as an all-star you know like even if the raptors crawl into the playoffs here in eighth place with a three games under 500 record i think they're they're gonna come alive in the playoffs if they're healthy and if they're healthy yes you know if they make some smart moves at the deadline here like we've talked about in our other other episodes if they pick up a, a good center who can protect the rim and score some points from the three-point line then they'll be okay you know but they're severely handicapped tonight in their wednesday game against detroit um i'm reading here that pascal fred uh og og and malachi. A few, malachi and patrick mccarr are all out yeah we're gonna have to see as well as, well as head coach nurse as well as head coach yeah. yeah and some other some other coaching staff members but um, this team is going to be led by by Norm Powell tonight. He's uh, he'll play point guard, shooting guard, small forward. You know, yeah, you know, he'll like do it all. The light, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, or like the silver lining to all of all of this happening this year, is the opportunity it's giving players. Yeah, like Norman Powell. Right. This is, yeah, this is uh, just stepping up their development. It's uh, these players have to step up because there's you know like it doesn't matter these... if you suck. We're gonna give you minutes and you're gonna do the most you can with it. And if you don't do anything with it, we're gonna trade you, Alex Len. <laughs> Alex Len, yeah. <laughs> now, now Drummond, you talked about um, you know the, the trade deadline coming up and what the Raptors need to do, but Andre Drummond is still sitting out games right now. I know we talked about this two weeks ago. When they started yeah. sitting him out because they were going to, you know, move him at uh, before the deadline, you know, when you set a player out 
it's it's usually a sign that they're getting traded within the next couple days at the at the most. Yeah, it's not been, weeks. <laughs> it's been two weeks now, and Andre Drummond is still sitting out games. What do you make of that? It's not just Andre Drummond. Let me just say that here. You know, the same thing is happening to Blake Griffin. Uh, I think the same thing was happening to Boogie Cousins, but they outright just dropped him they off. They just dropped him, yeah. They released him. Um, and he's still a free agent right now. No one's picked him up. I think I. Uh, I think with, with these two players that come to mind, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, these scenarios, I think what is happening here, the two teams are shit. Like, they're trash. You're talking about Cleveland and Detroit? Yeah. yeah. Cleveland and Detroit are both trash. So they're basically saying, yeah, we're going to trade you or buy you out. Either way, you're not going to be on our team past the trade deadline. It's just the way it is. We're going to move forward with our youth movement. We're going to play yeah. younger guys. We're going to play cornerstones. We're, we're going to give minutes to guys who we want to see produce, you know, who if they can produce or not. So guys like Jared Allen. Jared who's, Allen. Who's stepping up big time ever since coming over from Brooklyn. Exactly. And, and, that was a very underrated move that they made at that um, that blockbuster trade with James yeah. Harden, where they stepped in at the last moment to acquire Jared Allen. Yeah, well, that that you know kind of fell in the shadows of that whole deal is the fact that Jared Allen came over, and you know they they I feel like at that point they knew Drummond was on his way out. Yeah, and, and they needed to pick up a big time center, but Jared Allen is just he's finally he's not living in the shadow of you know the Brooklyn squad. He's He's finally a starting center, and it's it's working out for him. Yeah, he's he's playing he's playing great defense, and that, I think that's the main reason why we're not going to see Drummond play for Cleveland anymore is because his defense sucks. You know, he's clueless yeah. on defense. Jared Allen has that rim protection. He averages like two or three blocks a game. Mm-hmm. He's still putting up some some numbers on offense. He's cleaning up the glass. On the flip side, in Detroit, you know, Blake Griffin wasn't. He was probably shooting 30% from the field. He wasn't playing any defense. Yeah, he wasn't doing anything. He was a fucking liability. Yeah. And he's way past his prime. He he hasn't had a dunk all season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that, right? That's unacceptable. So they're outright just sitting him, and they're giving guys like rookie Sadiq Bey some run you know what i mean they're giving him an opportunity to see if he can play yeah well there's there there's a youth movement in detroit happening too right yeah. like with and that's that's what Dwayne casey the head coach is is you know trying to trying to push forward and so i think getting blake griffin out of there who's not necessarily in his prime anymore is um gonna do well for this youth movement but uh, with with all that's going on with the Raptors right now and their their COVID protocols and players having to sit out and games getting postponed, canceled, does this um, you know push them towards making a deal sooner rather than later? Uh, I think with the uncertainty that's surrounding this team right now and with the trade deadline coming up in a few weeks, they're they're going to have to make some moves, right? They're 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 already planning on making moves before uh, this COVID bug hit them. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, Masai is going to look at this team and, and make some moves. Yeah, it's going to be a weird game to watch tonight. Um, I, I mean, I'll be watching with while wincing is, yeah. is you know, I think it, it, they're lucky that they're playing Detroit because they're Detroit's not necessarily a team that's, you know, in the championship years of their of their movement here. Yeah, it's um, almost like that Leafs game where they had like half the team had the flu. And like yeah, they, they the had to bring game. up all their minor league AHL players. Yeah, yeah, the flu game. Yeah, 
this is uh, you know, and who knows? We could have some some players step it up big time here. We could um, mm. we could have some players find their way into the into the rotation based off of this game. So I, I'm excited, but I'm also going to be wincing. Now another big thing that happened this week. Um, it's a feud that has started between Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who currently plays for AC Milan this year, um, and LeBron James. So Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who I've, throughout my life, I being the, the soccer fan that I am, I've had tremendous respect for him as a player. Um, he's, he's always, he's that person that, you know, he believes himself to be God. Um, in, in the most literal of terms, like every single interview he has, he, he, you know, gives us another, another quote about, you know, how he ages like a fine wine, how he's a tiger, how he, you know, he's God of football. He's the best in the world. He's the best ever. What have you now this past week, he had a quote, um, from an interview, just, you know, a regular interview, but he felt like he had to say it. He said, do what you're good at. Do the category you do. I play football because I'm the best at playing football. I don't do politics. If I would be a political politician, I would do politics. That is the first mistake people do when they become famous and they just and they become in a certain status. Stay out of it. Just do what you do best because it doesn't look good. And to that, shortly after, LeBron had this to say. Um, you know, I would never uh, shut up about things that's... Um... That's wrong. Um, I, I preach about my people and I preach about, uh, you know, equality, um, social injustice, racism, um, you know, sy- systematic uh, uh, voting, uh, voter suppression, um, things that go on in our community, um, because I was a part of my community at one point and seeing the things that was going on. And I know that, you know, what's going on still because I have a, a group of uh, 300 plus kids at my school that's going through the same thing and they need a, a voice. Um, um, and I'm their voice. I'm their voice, and I use my platform to continue to shed light on everything that may be going on, not only in my community, but around the, uh, you know, this country and around the world. So now, you know, this has started a feud um, between many people on social media and and you know, sports media alike. What I have to say is that you know, as much as we talk about the fact that Zlatan, you know, believes himself to be God, he, he, you know, he says he ages like a fine wine. We've never really heard him talk politically. And are we really surprised that once he, you know, finally does talk politically, this is what he has to say. He's a straight white man playing in a sport that historically is, is not accepting at all of people of color. Um, so he's he's very removed from from this conversation. What yeah. do you think, Neil? Uh, I I just don't understand like what would motivate someone to call someone else out for something they believe in. You know, that's not involving them. You yeah. know, and you know, like for for someone like Zlatan, who is like he was an enigma in itself. You know, he for what he's gone on record to say about LeBron and using his voice to shed light on everything that might be going on, not only in the community, but around the country as a whole and mm-hmm. around the world as well. I just don't understand because someone like Zlatan has gone on record by even saying, you know, like he respects his favorite athlete was Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Not for what he did in the ring, but for what he did in the ring and for what he did outside 
for the justice he brought to the community. Yeah. Muhammad but, Ali literally refused to take part in the war because he said he's not going to fight for a country that's not going to fight for him. That's that's one of the biggest moments, you know, in in civil history. Yeah, for like he's he's in Sweden and, you know, <laughs> Ibrahimovic who doesn't have a traditional Swedish last name. No. You know, doesn't use his name to to, you know, stand up for things he believes in. And that's a completely different scenario for what James is in North America, right? James has the recognition. He has political views that are... He, he stands up for what is right and what is wrong. He's done so many things for his community. He literally yeah. opened up a school for underprivileged youth. Like, that's... He, he does so much for charity. He, he does so much. He realizes the platform he has and, you know, the ability he has... Um, you know, to provide, to, to, to start change, to start mm-hmm. a conversation, to, you know, to, and, and for Zlatan to just come out and specifically name LeBron, you know, specifically say his name. Yeah. You, you're going, you're like, you, you know what you're doing with these comments. You know that it's going to start a shitstorm of, 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 you know, conversation and argument on social media. Like, yeah, you know I, what it is you're doing. Here. Ultimately, at this stage of his career and, well, not even this stage. Like he's always been a diva, you know. Always, he's always, always been headline seeking, from his time in Barcelona to his time in L.A. All the stops he's had along the way. Now he's in Milan, and he is still doing the same bullshit that we've seen throughout the years. You know, he's still trying to be in the news, be a headline. Whether it's calling out LeBron James, I don't know if that's what his motivation is here, or that's what his his end goal is here, but. It's just not it's not a good look on him right now. He's trying to stay relevant. Exactly. You know? yeah. he, he's been this, you know, all inclusive, this form, this personality in the, in the sport where, you know, he, he's finally fading away a little bit. He's not playing as many games. You know, he, he had a play recently where he it was a penalty shot and it he completely missed the net trash and nobody talked about it. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't he didn't want to talk about it at all. But. You know, if he finds himself coming out of the the media, you know, cloud, he he he's pushing himself back into it. And you know, as like I said before, as a straight white male in this in this sport, you know, you have to understand the privilege you're speaking from. There are literal players from the country that you're currently playing in in Italy that have been bullied off the field by racial remarks and bullied off of social media for for racial from racial remarks and it's just like for you to not to not understand that not like comprehend what it is you're saying and the and the magnitude of what it is that you're saying it's just like like shut up yeah even if uh ibrahimovic means well you know and isn't isn't trying to come across well if he's not trying to come across as a complete asshole and like basically the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this is like when LeBron stood up for shut up and dribble. Yeah. You know, like he will not, like he doesn't stand for that kind of bullshit. So if someone as minuscule as Ibrahimovic is in North America, LeBron's just going to tell him to shut up. It's not going to matter to LeBron. It's not going to stop LeBron from doing what he's doing and standing up for the things he's standing up yeah. for. Yeah. Here's the thing about lebron though he's not going to come out and say directly you know shut the hell up zlatan he's going to have everyone else around him yeah say it for him isaiah thomas literally tweeted who played with lebron for maybe like a couple games baron davis 
a couple games in Cleveland. Yeah. But um, he came out and tweeted recently directly to Zlatan, shut your ass up. Yeah. It's like LeBron doesn't have to say shut up. He he's gonna take the high road like LeBron, you know, is and the player that and the player and the human being that he is, he's gonna take the high road, obviously. Cause he knows everyone else around him is gonna do it for him. Exactly. Okay, so let's move on to some Maple Leafs talk here now. And you know, there's nothing new here. The Maple Leafs coming are off, killing it. Coming off a really good week here. Um back to back shutouts against the Edmonton Oilers. Who would have thought with no Freddie Anderson? With no Freddie. Michael Hutchison. Michael Hutchison. Jack Campbell. Standing standing on their goddamn heads this week against the against Connor McDavid, Drysidel, and the Oilers. That's you know, if if anything's gonna give you a momentum boost, that's it. You know, your two backup, your second string and third string goalies having some big plays. Yeah. Did you um, see the way, you know, that team came up to to Jack Campbell and to Michael Hutchison right after the game and yeah, how they're they fired up. How they embraced him. Yeah. You know, that's just it's so good to see. Like this yeah. team is finally doing well. And On top of that, without their their top scorer Austin Matthews yeah. as well, who who sat out a few games this week with a wrist injury. Mm-hmm. Maybe back tonight. I'm hearing that he practiced today. Uh, and he, that's just that's just Neil being hopeful because he's on his fantasy. Team. Yeah, <laughs> goal scoring machine. You know, he he may be playing tonight. He's listed as day to day, but um, just the fact that he practiced tonight is a good sign for him playing. So, yeah. and, and you know, you got to remember that that they're playing so well still, even with the injuries that they have right now. Yeah, you even know, with, with even with all that's happened to that team, like yeah freddie's out austin matthews is out uh wayne simmons is out robertson's out like they've had some injury concerns this year um joe thornton has been out for a little bit um i think you know if they have matthews back tonight hopefully freddie returns shortly here um but you know they're in a good spot you know like they're sitting at 17 wins and four losses they're still first in the nhl they're cruising in that North Division right now. Oh man! Now my yeah. question to you, Josh, is uh, where do they go from here? You know, they we have we have the trade deadline coming up. You know, what what do you think they should do in the world of Josh's opinions? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. what do you think the Maple Leafs need to do to improve at this stage of the season? There's not much that they need to do, Neil. There's, um, you know, at this point, do we? I know I don't I don't I don't want to talk about it yet because I don't want to jinx it. But do we need like draft picks for the next two or three years? Like this team looks really good, and I don't want to like jump the gun here. But like, if we could maybe you know get rid of some draft picks for the next two or three years, we could pick up some really good players from teams that are looking to rebuild right now. Like if we want to if we want to actually make a run this year or next year. And have like a good championship team that that you know once the North Division isn't a thing anymore, and we have to play teams from you know uh, the American divisions. Teams are going to be f- afraid to play us. And do yeah. we, if we want to actually you know cement this legacy of one of the greatest leaps teams of all time, do we we can maybe you know get rid of some draft picks? Yeah, I mean, is it too soon to say that, Neil? No, it's not, and and I'll tell you why. You know, there's rumors of the Maple Leafs, Kyle Dubas, you know, Shanahan and Co. Like they're probably looking at this stage to. I would I would assume they're looking to bolster their defense. Yeah, you know, 
I would hope so. Continue on, you know, the, the direction that they attempted this offseason and continue to try and acquire a big-name defenseman. That being said, I'm still hearing that they're looking for more forward depth. You know, even after adding a Joe Thornton, a Wayne Simmons, Tavares yeah. a couple of seasons ago, like this... This is the stage that they're at. They're like, more offense. You know, we need more <laughs> offense. We need us, we're only scoring six goals a game. We need seven. We, we need, need seven. Eight. Is this, you know, you know, them coming out and saying that, is this them, you know, just throwing something at the media just to, you know, give them something to talk about? You know what I mean? Like, do we really need more offense right here? Do we really even need more defense? To like, be completely honest, if you can't get any defense, you might as well get more offense because yeah. – you're gonna and especially at the trade deadline there are gonna be teams who absolutely are trash this year that are gonna be wanting to capitalize and get on some their, picks yeah on their on their expiring contracts as well you know guys that come to mind are are like Detroit Arizona guys like Bobby Ryan you know who signed a one-year deal there who might be a third liner or fourth liner on the lease you know yeah. these are these are play, players like that you know and the devil sucked this year the Canucks sucked this year there are Someone, teams, yeah, especially coming up to a trade deadline, like you're saying, like teams are looking at a potential rebuild. And in yeah. order to do that, they need to pick up some draft picks and get rid of some big names. The Canucks, for instance, you know, they have a guy, Tanner Pearson, on their second line who would add a great amount of value on the Leafs on their third line or fourth line. You know, Leafs are set. Their first and second lines are set. Their third, oh, yeah. their third line is kind of set as well, but their fourth line is just a revolving door. You know, and isn't that what a fourth line is there for, though? So they're yeah, their first line: Joe Thornton, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Their second line: Wayne Simmons, Tavares, Nylander. Those two are set. Third line has Hyman, Kerfoot, and Mikhaev. And then their fourth line, they have like six guys who is just like a revolving door. They have Travis Boyd, Jason Spezza, Nick Batan, Engvall, Barbanov, and now they added Galchenyuk. So, yeah, but I, I, I definitely think that, you know, that's what a fourth line is there for, especially on a team with so much depth like the Leafs. You know what I mean? Is that you bring a player up to the fourth line from the taxi squad or from the from the Marlies and, and you give them the chance to, you know, prove that they're decent enough to stay in this lineup. And eventually that does work. That's how most of these players got into the lineup in the first place. Look at Nylander. Look at Hyman. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, Hyman's been like a Swiss Army knife, right? Like, he can play the first line, he can play the third line. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. He, you can slot him in anywhere, and he'll, you know, help out a team. He'll give them passes. He'll, he, he's a pit bull. Did you see like some of his goals this past week? How he just fights off defenders, you know, through through penalties that should have been called but weren't. He just pushes players aside you know when they're hooking him or when they're holding him and he just scores he scored one of the best goals i've seen from any leafs team this past this past week you know um it's just like he's one of those players that he he will make anyone look good and you know he doesn't need other big names to make him look good because he does that for himself is he on your fantasy team <laughs> get him he get just him so happens to be on my fantasy team i've never heard a more like a a, a more more compelling argument for Zach Hyman's ability than what I just heard there. If you are in a fantasy hockey <laughs> league and you do not have Zach Hyman, kick yourself right now and go pick him up. 
because no matter what he what line he's on, he's he's gonna get you fantasy points, and he's also fun as hell to watch. You gotta do the uh, the the hockey interview uh, analysis of Zach Hyman here. You know, oh, great guy in the locker room, really gelling with his teammates out there. You know, he's a great guy. He uh, you know he gets him he gets pucks in deep. You know, he really gets the guys going. You know, um, he comes out hard every period, gives it a hundred and ten percent. You know. That whole thing. Likes uh, soft dump in the uh, corner there. Soft dump. In the <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, the Leafs. The Leafs are really, they're really rolling right now. They're, they're. It's finally like the years and years and years of us of us watching Leafs teams that are so bad. And you know, Matt yeah. Sundin, who was such a staple in this, in this, in the Leafs world, uh, chose to leave a team that was just so bad. And you know. And Leafs fans, we just like you know accepted that like yeah, Matt Sandin, you know go finish your career, go win yourself a cup because you deserve it. You know you're better. You're, we don't deserve you, kind of thing. Like we've been yeah. through some bad years. Yeah, I, I I do think with this trade deadline though, the Leafs, if they're not going to acquire a big name defenseman, they'd be best suited to acquire a top six forward. The reason is I I, I just don't think Joe Thornton can continue playing. Uh, like the, the big minutes that he's been playing, you know, as a, I think he's 42 or 43, like his durability isn't going to be there the entire season come playoffs. And that's the most important part here. Come playoffs. You're going to need a guy who can step into that role and, and play, give you a hundred percent, you know, not someone who can give you 70% because he's fucking tired and worn down. And you know, his durability is not there. Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons are not top six forwards. They're bottom six forwards. We need them for depth. Yes, correct. Um, but you know, come playoff time, it, it's going to be a different story. I, yeah. I think you're gonna if you get to you know the, the third period of a game, you're not going to see Joe Thornton on the ice as much. Obviously, yeah. you're not going to see you know Wayne Simmons on the ice ice as much unless it's you know maybe a penalty kill. Um, but I, I believe in Sheldon Keefe. I believe in the fact that he knows how to manage this team um especially come playoff time he knows who who to put with who um it's the complete opposite of mike babcock mike babcock had no idea what he was doing with this team you know he he didn't deserve the team that he had in front of him also fuck mike babcock but uh (laughs) you know this uh i I feel good about this team and I, i don't i feel weird talking about it this early because i've done this so many times with this with you know the Toronto Maple Leafs and they've let me down so many times but uh, we talked about it I think on the first episode of this podcast about how the Leafs are that that x that comes back and you know that that says they're going to be better this time and they've changed and you take them back I've taken back the x Neil and I've I, I feel good about it right now yeah they, they're they're off to a great start let's see what they do in the next coming weeks here yeah I'm excited to talk about them continuously. I'm also excited to talk about the upcoming Blue Jays season. Oh, so the other oh we Lord. haven't talked much about the Toronto Blue Jays um, as yet, but uh, opening day April 1st coming up in a few weeks. Absolutely, their home opener in Dunedin, Florida, will be on, not in Toronto, unfortunately, on April 8th. April 8th, yep. Um, we're gonna set you guys up here with uh, a full. Blue Jays season preview next uh, episode next week. Yeah, I, I I'm excited. 
almost excited as the Leafs, but I'm very excited <laughs> for this for this uh, for this Blue Jays team. I think there's there's so much potential there, and uh, yeah, we're gonna preview it. This might be the you. first time in a long time where we're we're gonna have three winning teams in Toronto. We're gonna have the Blue Jays, Raptors, maybe Toronto FC will make it a fourth. Yeah, um, Blue Jays, Raptors. Maple Leafs, Wolfpack, you know, yeah, Wolfpack, all that fun stuff. We're gonna have one hell of a parade. Marley's, here. Marley's, you know, like all of them, all of the nine oh five, Toronto six. Yeah. Who else we got here? T- Toronto Rock, <laughs> Toronto Rock, Lynx. Yeah. I'm sure there's some esports players we can throw in there. It's the Scar- gonna be fun. The Scarborough Sabers will have a fucking. The Scarborough great Sabers. Oh my yeah. gosh, too many to name. All right, guys, you guys all have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 